Link 46, no flashing lights and explosions. Stereo. Inspiration. Hey, welcome back everyone. Last week in studio, I got to sit down with my buddy Simon and just as everything was getting uh, really philosophical and exciting, uh, our time kind of came to a close. So I invited him back and he's back again this week. Simon, welcome back. Hello. (laughs) Long time no see. Exactly. It's good to be back. (laughs) So we kind of ended last, uh, the last uh, session off here with us talking about kind of like uh, scheduling personal time and the importance of personal time. Yep. And then of course we had kind of touched on the whole death factor right. and being afraid of death. And I never actually got to, uh, reply back to that, that comment was, okay. um, I'm with you. I, I actually have no fear of death. I'm actually looking forward to the surprise on the other side. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's what I think it is. I like, but it's, that actual end moment that we don't know. That's the only, if I had to say one thing scares me, it's the end moment because I don't know what it is. Right. But the reality is we're dying every day. And you're not going to change that. No. Right. So, so I mean, it's, it, it's almost an acceptance, right? This is, this is, you know, and, and this is going to happen. It's so, you know, you can worry about it or just, you know, not worry about it. And I mean, if we all sat and worried about it all the time, <laughs> I mean, we we drive you'd, you'd drive yourself crazy. You know, you'd be um, you'd be just worrying about that something you can't stop. Ex- so it's it's you know, I don't pay much mind, I don't pay much attention. You know, yeah. Since we're we're still living and yes. everything, <laughs> and and really just enjoying life. Uh, what's something interesting about you? What's something that I have no idea about you that is like your secret superpower, secret identity. I feel like there's a hundred things with you. Yeah. I mean, most people, when they kind of really get to know, you know, it depends on the context, you know, people at work see me as the guy at work, people, you know, at a youth group, they'll see me as the, you know, the youth leader and everything. And, or if I'm preaching on a Sunday, they'll see it, you know, multifaceted, but that's kind of where I'm, you know, I have, you know, growing up, I grew up in Europe, you know, um, mm-hmm. in Germany, obviously, when my, my dad was in the army and exposed to lots of different cultures over there. And, you know, my my family laugh at my, my weird taste in music is one thing that most, most people would be quite surprised about, you know, um, and, and just things like that. Um, the movies I watch are definitely not, you know, I don't watch much television. I don't, I don't really engage with television much. Um, and, a, and a movie really has to be, I want to watch that for me to watch it. Otherwise, I'm not really that bothered. Um, but I read a lot which probably isn't surprising, but, <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, this is, so it's funny because I've been asking all of my coworkers and most of my friends, what are you reading? Mm-hmm. Because I really feel that, yeah, you can turn on Netflix and they've got great programming and stuff, but then we all are kind of watching the same thing. And I just want, I want to go in a different direction. I just want to have just something different that isn't so mainstream that I feel like I can play with and, and entertain and think about. And so I ask everyone, what are you reading? What are you reading? And nobody's reading anymore. I know. I know. 
<laughs> like yeah it's true i mean um we i have a group of friends we had we uh, started a a male friends book club a few years ago on the auspices of just going out you know but but, but we do do generally we all kind of got together and we read books and you know talk about them um i very much read sci-fi um but not not so much the, the popular stuff like i'll find weird subgenres of sci-fi but um I was the, the television show The Expanse um, on, which is on Amazon, I believe. Um, I read those books as they were being written. I would, you know, read those books. They're, they're they're wonderful. I like big space operas, you know, the big the large space operas. But but I'll get into all sorts of stuff, you know. But I I do. My wife laughs at me. I've usually got two or three books on the go. I've got one on my nightstand. There's one in my office. There's one in my van. You know, my work vehicle. I'll pull over and read. I've always got multiple books on the go. Um, but you're right. The reading um, is definitely something. People seem to, you know, why why read when Netflix is right there? Well, and it's funny <laughs> because like you get Netflix going, and I'm guilty of this. It's my lullaby. Yeah, I. They always say don't have a television in the bedroom. No, no, I need the television in the bedroom where I'm not sleeping. I will be out in the living room with the Netflix playing, and I'm sawing logs. It it's for me. It was a university comfort thing that it was just enough noise that I would often put a DVD in that I had seen a hundred times before and I'd fall asleep within 20 minutes and it was just comfort. Yeah. And program your television to turn off after 35 minutes or whatever. And it was, it was great. Um, but I've been finding that like no one's reading and it's, what would you recommend? I mean, it depends. I mean, there's a there's a great series right now, and uh, you're gonna ask me the the name of it, um, Children of Time, and it's uh, it's it sci-fi book. It won Nebula Awards. It won, you know. And I've got another friend reading it right now, and it's it's a really epic end of the Earth. The Earth is dying. We're all sending out seed ships to um, to different planets to try and terraform. And I'm not gonna spoil it. Well, I can spoil a little bit because it happens quite quickly, and it's actually on the back of the book. Um, you know, is um, they, 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 they see life and then they have this, you know, sci-fi. So this super, um, virus that they put down to speed up evolutionary process. Okay. Except it doesn't speed up the correct animal. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And so another animal on the planet becomes super smart and builds a civilization and cities and evolves. And, and then the humans show up to go, okay, great. There's a planet for us and realize, oh, we, they're no longer the apex predator. We're not the apex predator. These animals are now. And it, and it's, but it, it's, it's a really fascinating story of, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's huge epic space sci-fi that, you know, but I mean, again, getting back to, you know, what we were saying previously um, about, you know, Star Trek and these shows, they're about human contact and human interaction mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, human emotion. And that's what this, that's what this book is about. I just started the second one last night. So it's a great, it's a great series. It's a great series. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, anything, honestly, anything, just read, you know, yeah. pick, pick something up. Um, the, the, the website Goodreads is, is fantastic. You can kind of, it's a great um, repository of you put the books you've read in. It will suggest books that you should read next. You can actually, my memory is not the greatest in the world, which anyone who knows me will attest to. I have to have that to kind of read that book and I go back, oh, I gave it three stars. Yeah, I didn't mind it, you know, and that that's a great resource for just finding hey if you like this you might like this kind of thing you know so and then go to your local library <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> right you no know, seriously so, you know it's, it's so ridiculous so like i like i walk all the time i with scully you got to meet him yes uh you're walking that house horse a couple times a day and we'll walk by the public library here and 
they're giving out free library cards. Like libraries have become that obsolete that they're having to give it out for free. Yep. And I, I used to be a snob and I always wanted my books to be hardcover so I could put them on my shelf and be all proud of them. And I used to have hundreds and hundreds of biography books. I loved biographies. That was my genre. Uh, reality is stranger than fiction most of the time. Yes. So I'd have this collection and I realized I only read them once and that was it. And so other than the ones that I have autographed by the author, mm-hmm. I have gotten rid of all of them. And the only ones I've kept are my art ones. So I can, because that's my, my jam. Yes. And so other than that, I can't justify buying a book. And then you get, have you ever used one of those Kindle readers? I do. I have one. Yeah. What do you think of them? It's, it, this is a funny story. Um, my wife and I went on a cruise years ago and well, I'll tell you how old, how long ago this was. The iPod was quite new. And so we're on the cruise ship. I got, an, I got an iPod thing for you in a minute. So. Right. So we're on the cruise ship. And my wife is always laughing at me. Oh, here he is of his newfangly technology. Oh, it's a waste of money. What do you, what's the point of that? And we get up onto the cruise ship and we're on the, we're on the deck going to just hang out in the deck. We're going to put headphones in. We're just going to read, right? Oh, and just chill out. And so there's my wife. This will show you how long ago this was. Gets her Discman out and her big book <laughs> of CDs. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, that song I want to listen to. And she went, oh, I get it. Right. And it was like, oh, and that was old iPod where you didn't have, you know, it was a smaller storage, but it was all there. And yeah. she was like, okay, I get it now. She's that, and now I understand. Of course, we got back and she bought one right away. Yeah. Kindle was the same thing for me, you know, just having that. I'm not the biggest Amazon fan. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the way they do things. And, and you know, um, but just having that device that I can read all the books and you know so i purchased and i got caught in the kindle trap of well i'll just buy it on the kindle because it's cheaper i'll just buy it in the kindle and it's cheaper right. and then i went whoa stop you know no i the library's right there you mm-hmm. know and again i i have a lot of books at home but a lot of them i've given away because it's yep. like you like you said they're on your shelf you're never going to read them again it's like the dvds we always we all used to collect you'd have you know shelves and shelves of dvds you're never going to watch them again you know it's they're just sitting there right so, oh, there's so many things I want to talk about. So, okay, so the iPod thing. Yes. I have one of the original iPods. Nice. I cannot seem to let it go. It still runs, yep. but I like why? Why can't I let that technology go? Well, I mean, it's, it's probably a product of, you know, that's something that you, because it, it's, it's, it's personal, right? And especially music is personal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. It's not just a, it's where technology becomes personal. Right. And so, yes, it's just a piece of plastic and metal, which has digital, you know, bits on it, but you hit play and those digital bits come to life. And it's music that you have chosen to put on there yourself because obviously it's important to you. And it's probably got the same music you had on it, you put on it years ago. Right. Like the music's probably still the same. And that's the, uh, when, when a device or when, when a piece of technology becomes so personal, you, you, you won't give it up. You know, it'll die. And you, you can get new batteries for them now. And you can, you know, there's all sorts of things that will never, you know, I probably still got mine at home somewhere <laughs> sitting in a drawer, well, you know. And that really comes back to that's, are you a cyborg with that? Right. Like you're now, it's like, I don't really need the little pinky finger on my hand, mm-hmm. but I sure don't want to give it up. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. 
And, and so, and then you talk about the DVDs. And so I got rid of lots of like silly DVDs, but the movies that I found that I really um, kept were ones that had that relationship story that was like so true and so accurate to the human spirit that I find that I go back to those. Yeah. And those don't end up on Netflix as often and they don't end up on Amazon Prime. Like they actually become harder to find those really good deep movies. Yes. And so I still have a DVD collection and I don't see that disappearing right away simply because I haven't seen the platform that has replaced them. Right. I mean, they've tried to replace it with not just streaming, but buying them. But I'm, I'm the same. I probably have in my office, I probably have five or six DVDs. Those movies mean a lot to me. Yep. And again, it's that comfort of, you know, I can put that movie on and it means so much to me. And it probably is literally five or six DVDs that I have there that are my absolute all time. These are my favorite movies. Yeah. And so, you know, my wife will come in. She's like, you watching that again? You know, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's, it means a lot to me on, on so many, you know, no matter what one of those movies is. And that's the same with your iPod and your yep. music. Yeah, it's it's so it's so crazy. But the the library factor was with these books. It's like there's free pop-up libraries all over town like little huts that people have built on their front yards and in parks that you just shove your books in there and yep. take a book and and I I just look at my collection that I used to have and I'm like I'm never buying a book again. Like we've got the vol the volume of material that's out there right now. I if I need to go read a story, there's lots. Yeah, and by the time I get to uh, run out of those, there will have been a whole lot more produced. Absolutely, yep. which makes you wonder how is it possible that it's the New York best time seller? How's that even sustainable now? Well, I mean, if you look at, I think if you even look at the numbers of that, those numbers will be vastly reduced from what they were, you know, 10, 15, right. well, not so much 10, 15 years ago. Because, I mean, you have to remember, book popularity will come in waves. You know, you'll get a series, Harry Potter, for example, when Harry Potter first came out, mm -hmm. that became, everyone was reading Harry Potter. I was reading Harry Potter. I, I have all the Harry Potter books. They mean a lot to me. I have a ta Harry Potter tattoo. I mean, they mean a lot to me, right? So, I mean, those books, but that did get kids reading. Yep. You know, I remember the kids reading those and thinking, great, kids are reading again. And then it tailed right off again, you know, and so you think, oh, okay, that was just a... But another series will come, something will come out, and kids yeah. will read, you know. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, so Jennings, who produces the music for the podcast here, he, he's introduced the whole Harry Potter series to his children, mm -hmm. and they are fanatical about it. And, of course, they've got the Harry Potter Lego, and they've got the... And they, they went to get the the hardcover books that are like works of art. Yes. It's not just a paperback and everything. And it's unfortunate. I, it missed me. That, oh, it's, oh, it's that, never too late. <laughs> well, so it missed me in the fact that like when it first came out, it was introduced in a time that I was coming out of high school into university. At, that's when the first ones were out. Right. And my youngest brother who is in like elementary, I want to say grade four. Perfect stumbles into it greatest thing ever like just raves about it and then i'm thinking why would i want to in my second and third year university go hang out with my brother in grade four watching harry potter hard pass see you later <laughs> and so because of that context i really put up a massive block for myself 
And when I finally got, when I finally let it down was when I was teaching grade four in Calgary and the other grade four teacher was saying, we're going to, we really should do this uh, series. It's like a great series. We can do one or two books and then the following year we can do one or two books and it's always fresh for us. And it, I was like, oh, rolling my eyes back, like grown, like mm -hmm. what am I getting into? And yeah, I was like, I missed the ship because <laughs> because I was so stubborn. I missed the ship. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I came to them a little later. For, actually, my, my best friend from high school was um, not long before our son was born. He was like, you haven't read, I think two were out already or three were out already. And I hadn't, I thought, well, no, same as you. Oh, I'm in a, I'm about to become a parent. I'm not what I'm going to read those for, you know, and I, he's like, no, you have to. And so he bought me the first one. He's like, just the book, the books obviously grow as the series grows. They get a lot thicker, a lot more complicated. I mean, I probably read that in an evening. In fact, I did read it in an evening. And I thought this is wonderful. This is wow, great. I wish I had your abilities. This is fantastic. I thought this is, this is great. I mean, I th it helps being English and, and understanding the, you know, the school system because right. she has based that on an English school system. So I thought, well, this is great. So I read the next two probably the same week. And just that was it. Grew from there. They're fantastic. They're wonderful. But I mean, you know, those waves will come again. Another series will come. The kids will get on it. I'm a chapter a day kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. and that, but that's how I was raised. It was interesting because the series that really got me when I was younger, my dad would uh, always read to us before bed. Mm -hmm. And the series that he would read to us was the Hardy Boys. Okay. Yep. And my young, my middle brother, so I'm the oldest and then there's my middle brother. Uh, and my youngest brother wasn't around at this point. I remember all that was like the best time of the day was my dad got to spend time with me and it was, he would read us a chapter. So it was a big thing. We'd all get into one person's bed. Mm -hmm. He'd read the chapter and then we would all call it a night. And so that's been my thing, but I don't do it at night. Right. I, that's one of the things that's part of my morning ritual of having a good day is I'll go downstairs and read. Okay. One of the last books I read because I had never read it before in my life was the Lion Rich, Witch in the Wardrobe. Never yeah. seen the series, not, didn't know anything about it. And I think it was, I think it took me 10 days or something to read the book, which, and it was such an easy read that oh, yeah. it's yeah, a nice it's... way to start the day. You read it, you reflect on it. And then but that's really caused an appetite for myself to be like, I miss, I miss the originality of looking at the world in a very abstract way. At your own pace. At my own pace. Yeah. And that's the thing that that's the huge difference between reading and a movie. You know, you're going at the director's pace TV right. show. You're going at the director's pace, a book, you're going at your pace. And so you immerse yourself as much or as, uh, or as little as you want, you know? And so that's, that's, that's what fascinates me about reading. I get into a book and next thing I know, literally it's, oh, it's 3 a.m. and I should probably go to bed because it's a school night and I need to get up for work in the morning, you know, and that's that's how I, uh, that's how I attack a book, literally attack the book, you know, yeah. so. Well, and so I remember the very first chapter when they're at the house and they're going through the, the, for the one girl's going through the wardrobe and yep. there's the fur jackets and stuff. Well, I remember the smell because my parents, like my mother had, uh, for uh, coats in the main hall closet mm -hmm. that if it was a really cold evening and she was going out to a fancy thing, she'd wear a fur jacket. And I remember the feel and the texture and the smell. 
So all of that came flooding back, reading that couple of paragraphs of her walking through the fur or the fur clothes and the feeling the cold air of the other side coming through. All of those sensations spill over onto you, yeah. which you're not getting in a film. No. Well, and to get back to what we were talking about last time, um, the you know it's it's a one-on-one personal experience, right? There's no mm. technology involved. There's no you know flashing lights and explosions. And it's 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 so intimate. Reading is so intimate. It's it's such an intimate you know thing that it's just you and the book. And pretty 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 quickly, the book sort of fades away, and it's just you and a story, you know. And and that's what I love about reading. Um, especially when it's a good book, you know, and, and you're just flying through it. And then next thing you know, oh, okay, I finished. I got to go to the library and get the next one, you know, and hope no one else has got it. <laughs> but know? that makes it fun too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I think we're, we're so privileged. Like I often think like when I was younger, I always, uh, like my, my big thing that I was obsessed about when I was younger was Lego. And of course, I always had to have Castle Lego and anything medieval and castle-like I was into. So I just ate that stuff up. And I often think back, like, we live better than anyone in medieval times. Oh, yeah. Like, we we're be- we have better lives than nobility back then. Absolutely. And I think going to a library and being inconvenienced that the next book is not there and will be there in a couple days if it's returned on time is part of the fun. Yep. I agree because you know what I would do in the meantime, I'd grab something else. Right. Right. And I'd read that in a couple of days and then they, you know, that's, and so you just, and I'm, I'm, as you know, quite a spontaneous person. I literally would go over and go, if that one looks interesting, I'll read that. And that's what I do. You know, I wouldn't, Oh, I need to look through and dig some research. Oh, that one looks, you know, read the back and go, great. I'll read that one next. So, you know, have you ever had like a bizarre situation at the library? Um, not at this one, but yes, at, at libraries, yes. But this, this one, no, but interesting people hang out in the library sometimes. So yeah. I, I'm a real people watcher. And so, well, you're mutual friends with, uh, Craig Parker. Yes. And so he's been on the podcast before and I'm in the process of trying to get him back on and everything. And I was telling him that like, man, you know, the two of us should just go grab a coffee and people watch. Like, don't say anything because, like, I'm not always chatty. Like, actually, there's lots of times that I'll sit there quietly with a friend, uh, and my buddy Tony's famous for this. He will tell me everything on his mind, and I maybe say two words in the entire time because I'm so busy people watching, and I, I'm listening and active in the conversation, but I don't need to talk. It's comfortable silence, right? It is. And yeah. and people watching is fun. And I love going to the library and watching some of the people that show up there. There. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. But that's just that's just anywhere in general, right? I mean, you know, um, I, I do enjoy people watching. I mean, I, you know, we'll sit there and just kind of build a story of I wonder what, I wonder what this person does and I wonder what. But yeah, be, but like I said, just digging into what you just said there, the fact that you can sit with someone, a friend and not say anything and it'd be totally comfortable. I, that, I, I treasure those moments with, with someone, you know, just to be able to just sit and not say anything. Yeah. And it not be awkward and it not be weird. It's just normal and that's yeah. totally cool. You have that with your partner usually, you know, you can just sit there and not say anything. Usually if I'm not saying anything, that means I'm not getting into trouble, so that's good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's not totally true. Mostly true, yeah. <laughs> Mostly true. Yeah, well, people watching is interesting. Like I've noticed down downtown where our library is, I've really been really a, 
very conscious of what I'm seeing down there. Yeah. And it's it's not the same downtown it was five years ago. Nope. No, it isn't. And I mean, if you look, you know, this business is closed downtown um, because of that reason. And it's it's really sad. I mean, when I look at, you know, people who are down there, you know, a lot of them, they just, they, 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 they need help and they need love more than they need judgment and shame, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, right? And so um, we, we've gone down before and, you know, I've gone down with my wife and we, we will, she'll buy, you know, there was, there, was, there was a guy who we used to see all the time and she got to know his name and she got to know who he was and she got to know a little about him and she saw him downtown and we pulled over, we bought a pizza and we sat on the side of the road and we ate a pizza with him. You know, we just sat and had a oh, pizza with the guy. Wonderful. And that's, that's her heart. Like, yep. and so me, it's like, oh, that's a little out of my comfort zone sometimes, yep. but I'm like, this is, this is amazing just to, you know, to see that. But yeah, I mean, and, and that's, that's not just a downtown here problem. That's just, no, it's everywhere, know, it's right everywhere. Now. And it's not just a downtown problem, you know? And, and, and so, you know, what, what do we do to, for that situation? You know, what do we do for these people? How are we going to help these people? Cause these people don't want to be in that situation. I mean, no one does. Yeah. And so, you know, what do we do to help them? What can we do to help them? And I don't mean handouts. I mean, help, right. You know, don't, don't give somebody let's help them, you know? And I, I know the city are, are starting programs and I know this thing's going on. We have a wonderful, you know, the mustard seed in town is wonderful. And there are, there are places that are really stepping up to help. Yeah. And you know, that's something, that's an area where I can see myself moving into, you know, more. I see. And I've always felt with myself that I want to move into a role in that direction, but it's getting caught. It's getting confident in yourself to cross that comfort zone. Yeah. Because you know that once you've crossed it, you are never coming back. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, um, we fostered a child. We had, we, you know, we fostered a, a, a boy. Well, he's, he's a man now. And it was that crossing that, un, in, entering into an unknown. What is mm-hmm. this going to be like? And it ended up being amazing and wonderful and, and joyous and loving and, and everything that we'd, you know, we could have hoped it would have been, but it wasn't easy, right? No. And that's the thing, right? It wasn't easy. It was tough. And so I think it'd be the same entering into something like that would be, you're right. Once you kind of cross over, you're in it. I feel too, going back to that statement that you had just made, it really spoke to me there where you said it wasn't easy. No. Well, it wasn't easy because it wasn't unconscious. Yeah. Every moment would have been very conscious, which makes things hard. And that's usually a good guide that you're awake. Oh, 100%. Like I found found, uh, myself kind of stumbling across this thing that they... I can't, I don't even remember where I came across this statement, but it was simply good habits and bad habits are both bad. Habits in general are bad because that shows that you're unconscious. And by being unconscious, you're not living. And then it goes back to that dash that we had spoke about Mm -hmm. last week, where if you're not conscious in this lifetime, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. The dash, the end of the dash is approaching, you know? Yeah. you know, so that's the thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, something like that. And and it, and it, is, it can be uncomfortable. And uncomfortable is good because uncomfortable makes you feel alive. You know, it can do. It, uncomfortable can make you feel, oh, this is, you know, but that's okay, right? You know. Well, I think the under, uncomfort part too allows you to really recognize that you've got skin in the game and that you're really willing to look at like, is this the right path that we're doing? Or do I have the opportunity to change something and redirect the whole flow of it. 
Well, and it's I I go back to when 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 I started working with youth, I had to make a very conscious decision inside of myself that I'm going to get emotionally involved with these with these teenagers with these with this youth, and I'm going to become involved in their lives. But there has to be a line, you know. Mm-hmm. There has to be a conscious line of 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 you know I I you know, and they know I they, they'll text me, they'll call me, you know, hey, this is going on or whatever, and, and we, we we can deal with things and we can talk about things. And sometimes I'm the point of contact. Like there's no one else. It's me, right? But there is a line that I have to set. There's a boundary you have to set. And I think if to go into that kind of field work as well, when we're talking about, you know, maybe some disadvantaged people, there's definitely a line you have to, you know, because otherwise you're all consumed by it. I can see that with, you could be consumed by it, you know, well, and that, that might not be a bad thing, but emotionally, spiritually, physically, it could be for you. It, you know? Well, speaking to that, I, it drained me because yeah. I did not, recognize that that line was going to be so crucial mm-hmm. and I would allow people to get too close to me and they still to this day will see me out in public and they recognize me they remember my name and I'm terrible I don't re- remember their name but they remember something I've said or uh, some advice I had given or just the the fact that I was willing to just listen to them in a time that was very very rough for them yeah. was it was enough that they've now ingrained me and burned me into their their history, mm-hmm. and it the strangest one I ever had, and this had nothing to do with my teaching. It actually had it was one of my very first uh, rescues that I had uh, when I was lifeguarding. Right, uh, this boy took a bad jump off a diving board, flipped back, and kind of ripped his stomach open. And so I get in and I help him and. It it wasn't horrible. It was, but it was my first rescue and get him to the hospital and everything. It, it it went so smoothly that it wasn't a big moment in my life other than it was my first rescue. And I, I got to catalog it for that. Well, fast forward, I think it was about 15 years later, I'm doing photography at a, a wedding in Banff. And this guy during the reception keeps coming up to me I need to buy you a drink. I really want to buy you a drink. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I'm working right now. Like this is not the time. And he's like, no, I really need to buy you a drink. And I'm getting a little uncomfortable on how pushy he's getting. So I have no idea what what his agenda is. And a couple hours I've been able to deflect him. And all of a sudden he's had enough to drink that he comes over to me and rips his shirt open and he goes, I need to buy you a drink because you saved my life. And then the scar, and I was like, whoa, crazy, yeah. crazy. You don't realize that that impact you have on another person's life. No. And when they come randomly out of the woodwork on you, you're not expecting it. And that's the part that it just, it floors me sometimes when some of this stuff comes back to remind me. Yeah, I mean, two parts there for me. One part, as a non-swimmer, that whole thing has got me feeling weird. <laughs> but you're right. The second part to that is that, yeah, some I may say something, and you know what? Sometimes you may forget you've even said the thing that you said, but, you know, it, someone may, that you don't know what that's going to have, that impact that's going to have on someone's life, right? And that's using your dash, right? Yeah. Using your skills and your talents that you've been given, and that's using that time. You know, I'm surprised when you, we keep talking about this dash, uh, I always think like 
why isn't the dash better looking on the tombstone? <laughs> if if it really is the important part, instead it's always the same kind of one one and a half inch dash line, and that's it. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, my, mine's going to be very simple. It's just going to, you know, I, and I believe don't I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it was Spike Milligan whose gravestone just says, "I told you I was sick." You know, it's just <laughs> that's it, right? Like that's that's the way to do it, right? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go i'll have something funny there that'll you know people will just kind of get a giggle you know, out, you know it's it's kind of weird that we're ending the podcast again on, on death on a death yeah. note <laughs> wow i'm starting to really think that i have a complex about death right uh you up for one more sure absolutely hey everyone this has been no flashing lights and explosions until next time this is reese seven signing out Jennings. I like that. Stand by. No journey.